0: Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL radio. Baltimore sports and life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. On Twitter. Welcome into Talking Terps, I'm your host Zach Kiesel. Talking Terps is brought to you courtesy of Mercer Floor & Home Carpet One. Mercer is a third generation family business established in 1959 and located on Main Street in beautiful historic downtown Westminster, Maryland of Carroll County. For all of your flooring needs, think Mercer. So it's October and we're talking about Maryland wins still, which is a good feeling. They picked up a big win last week over Michigan State and they're going to stay home to host Purdue this weekend. As always, I got my co hosts, Mike Popovic and Pat Donahue, to help me break everything down. Pat, how's it going, man?
1: It's going well, Zach. Uh, you know, always good coming in off on a win and beat one of those teams that, you know, we've all been talking about that they have to beat to turn this corner and to make this a successful, a successful season. So, uh, yeah, man, all good things in the world of football right now. For sure, especially for you as an Eagles fan, Mike.
0: For us Go as Birds. Ravens fans, as we were talking about, not not as good on that front, but at least Maryland's four
1: and one. You guys will be fine. Uh,
2: yeah, no, I, I. It's very rare this time of year, once we get into October, that Maryland actually is the team that can make me come out of the weekend feeling halfway decent about uh, about myself and about the the teams that I root for. So. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was good. It was a good Saturday. Yeah.
0: yeah. Typically, by this point, I think we're looking forward to basketball season. So this is this is a fun year uh, so far. Four and one. Yeah, hey, we're really
2: cynical, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, I know.
0: Well, hey, we're Maryland fans, and at least for the two of us that are Orioles fans,
2: yeah. And didn't Michigan look pretty good this this weekend? From what I remember, I mean, it was a all-in-all oh, all.
1: competitive game. Yeah. They oh. covered.
2: Yeah, I, I still think that uh, at times they were conservative offensively where they didn't need to be. But that all said, maybe that was part of the game plan with a new quarterback on the road against a team that they make you earn it. They play very disciplined. They they make you play their kind of style. So, long story short, Pat, yeah, they, they came away with a nice win on the road and first road win, uh, road game, I should say, for J.J. McCarthy and no turnovers from him, so that was big.
0: Well, that was the first time in a while that Iowa hasn't beaten a top-five team at home. I mean, they had a streak yeah. of, what was it, five or six games? Yeah. Something yeah.
2: crazy. Yeah, not an
1: easy place to play. No, and
2: that was Michigan's first one in Iowa since 05, and that's the first time Jim Harbaugh as a player or coach had won in Iowa City.
0: Wow. And how about uh, Wisconsin firing Paul Crist? Yeah, Crazy. That's Great. just I mean, wild. They, they to look,
1: me. I mean, they probably should have after that performance.
0: Because I mean, yeah, and I guess do. getting losing to Brett Bielema is uh, it just adds a little more salt oh, in that yeah, wound. Exactly, but man, yeah. two and three, he won nine games last year. He's won seventy two percent of his games as their head coach, and now they owe him. Well, they settled on the buyout, so eleven million up front. Right now, which I guess is chump change in Madison, but
2: I I think though now Barry Alvarez isn't there either. So you're going to have an A.D. who's more likely to pull the trigger. That was an Alvarez guy in there. So that's part of it. I also think that uh, you've heard that Jim Leonard got a lot of offers in the offseason and they're wanting to keep him. They think highly of him. They want to keep him. Uh, Also, with Nebraska's job being open, it gives them the ability now to be on the open market. Uh, because it may be tougher to shop for a coach when you already have a coach in place at the moment uh, than Nebraska where there's, you know, essentially an opening with an interim head coach there. Uh, I think Leonard's going to get a chance to coach out the eight games if he does well. He keeps the job. If not, uh, there's going to be a bidding war for Lance Leipold to Kansas. They it, it makes it sound like uh, from the national pundits.
0: Yeah, as a Midwest guy, you got that, that job open for sure, and the Nebraska job as well. It'll be interesting to watch. Uh, so Maryland beats Michigan State 27-13 on Saturday. Uh, defense was strong, allowed zero points in the second half. Uh, they've been strong in the second half all year. Pat, give me your initial impressions of this game.
1: Yeah, um, obviously good performance. You know, it, uh, as I said in the beginning, it's it's, it's one of these teams kind of – I don't know if Michigan State's considered really a blue blood of of the Big Ten, but they are definitely a team that, that has a richer history of, of – big 10 football than than Maryland does. And a lot of the schools in the big 10. Um, and, and, you know, it, it feels good. It feels even better coming off of that close game with Michigan where we kind of felt good about it, but we weren't sure how real it was. And then they back it up with this performance, which was a pretty, um, you know, 14 points. I, yeah. I'd say that's a resounding win anytime in football, but it even, it seemed almost more dominant than that in, in ways it never really seemed like they were in any jeopardy of losing that game. Um, Peyton Thorne, you know, the the Michigan State quarterback n- never looked comfortable uh in that game. The defense was throwing everything at him. You know, to to hold this team. Maryland's at uh letting up uh I was actually just looking at it. How many points per game? Hold on, let me look it up here. Um twenty one points per game this season. Um, you know, to hold Michigan State, a team that prides itself more on offense to thirteen, uh, is pretty good. So um uh, certainly, you know. I don't want to nitpick or pick anything apart too bad. I can't really say. I'm sure we we could find things deep, digging a little deeper into stuff, but um, honestly, kind of just want to give them an A on this one and and move on to Purdue because um, it, it, it's really tough to to find the negative in a performance like that. I mean, they threw the ball for over 300 yards. They ran the ball for almost 200 yards. Didn't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, what more do you want to see?
0: Yeah, and Mike, uh, Coach Loxley said that this was the team's best performance to date uh, in all three phases. Obviously, as a coach, he said there were still some things to work on, but this really was their uh, most complete win. And like Pat said, it never really felt close. They got out to a hot start, scored 14 points in the first quarter, and never really looked back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought outside of the, I guess, the special teams blunder against Michigan, I thought that all three phases – were pretty good all in all there, but you didn't come away with a win there. So I guess to Coach Locks' point uh, that uh, with the Michigan State game, you come away with a win. I think one of the first things off the top of my head, though, Zach, is their special teams look like ours last year. Their special teams were horrible in that yeah. game. Uh, now, we did have a missed field goal, but Chad Ryland, who's an excellent kicker that was into the wind on a bad weather day, Uh, And and it was
0: a 50-yarder, let's just say that. And he made a
2: 51. Which he is capable of making, right? It was was a lousy weather day, and it it had nothing to do with poor special teams or him not being a good kicker. So that was the first thing that stood out to me. I I think offensively, though, they came out uh, ablaze, and that was great to see. They took advantage of a poor defense. And they made the most of it. And that said, they didn't waste any time. And they got out. And you're right. All in all, it felt comfortable with the way Maryland played. I didn't think, though, I was not very happy with the defense in the first half. To your point, though, second half, they played a lot better. Um, But in that first half, I wasn't thrilled remember they missed two field goals in that first half. So they could have had uh, 19 points in that first half. They were held to 13, but much better second half performance, much in the same way we saw uh, against SMU and against Charlotte. Uh, And and that's what matters and and coming up with big plays. uh, So yeah, a much better second half. But look, we talked about it last week, guys. They needed to not only play well, be competitive, they needed to win this game or else that Michigan game and the 3-0 and start would have meant very little if they had lost to a team that, frankly, they were better than and came in at, what, seven and a half point favorites at home.
0: Yeah, it's a lot easier to feel comfortable about this team and buy into this team now, I think with that victory. It shows that the Michigan performance was not a flash in the pan. We've seen Maryland play really well in September before and get to October and hit a wall. Uh, this was a really good performance. We saw last year they faced Iowa at home in October and it didn't go as well, <laughs> not nearly as well. So this is an important step and you look at the schedule and you know you don't look, like to look super far ahead, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that they are 8-1 and one when they face Penn State on November 12th. You've got four very winnable games against Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern, and now Wisconsin does not look nearly as strong as they did in the middle or uh, before the season. So, you know, you'd like to win all of those. We'll see what happens. A lot can happen between now and then. But the fact that, that you, you don't feel terrible about that possibility says a lot about this team's performance. And congratulations, obviously, to Talia Tungabailoa. Completed 78% of his passes, 314 yards and a touchdown. And most importantly, passed Boomer Esiason. And now he is the third. He owns the third most passing yards all time in Maryland history, which is pretty impressive for a guy who's only played, what, maybe two full years given that half year with COVID and then half of this
1: year. It's very impressive from him. It really is. I mean, I'm, as you're talking, I'm looking at I'm looking at produce stats. I'm actually kind of taking notes as we're talking for my uh, for my write-up because normally my uh, focus of the week would have been posted yesterday. It'll most likely be posted tomorrow, um, but yeah, I'm like I'm looking at Talia's stats from from this past game. I'm looking at him for the season. And, I mean, he's just he really is putting together a great year and has already played a few. You know tough defenses, two of the tough, uh, you know, one of the toughest, if not the toughest defense on the, on the schedule. Um, Buffalo, uh, while not, you know, a great team has some, you know, decent defensive players that I'm sure, you know, presented a challenge. SMU, um, was not, is more of an offensive team, but still, you know, uh, has playmakers on the defensive side of the ball and he stood up to that challenge. I mean, he just continues to get better and better every week and is becoming a guy we can trust more and more. Um, I remember early in his career at Maryland, he would have a good week followed up by a, maybe not so good week. And it never, I never really knew how I felt about him, um, as a quarterback. Um, not that beggars can be choosers in college park. Um, but you know, we, uh, I think now we really, truly see that he has a lot of the same build and makeup that his brother Tua has and uh, he is one of the better uh, quarterbacks in college football. Um, and even from just a casual fan standpoint, I mean, I, as you guys know, I live up in in Philadelphia and you know, while there's a pretty strong terps contingency up here, it's it's not at the forefront of things. And I still have, uh, you know, college football fans, people who root for Penn State, people who root for Ohio State, people who root for various teams say, you know, tell me about this Talia guy and, and you know, what, you know, where did he come from and all these things. Um, they're really, I think, on a national scene, he's really starting to, to put people on notice. And uh, it, it's really good to see because from all accounts, uh, I don't know him that well personally, but uh, as well as I've known some of the other – past maryland quarterbacks but i hear he's a great kid great leader and uh you know obviously we're all going to continue to root for him yeah he's an easy guy to root for yeah Um, he's very passionate by the way he plays too because i i hear great things off the field but also just the way he plays he's fiery he's competitive he's tough it's it's everything you want to say
0: and it seems like he's been able to harness that fiery toughness uh, whereas earlier in his career, he was maybe a little bit too emotional or it let, he let things get to him a little bit too much. Now he's able to harness a little bit, not be, uh, too even keeled because you don't necessarily want that, but harness it and be able to move on to the next play. And he really rarely makes mistakes. It's something I was texting my dad during the game and he was like, man, he just he takes what the defense gives him, and he's able to make High the big. IQ. Yeah, he, yeah, he's able to make the big throw when he needs to, but he's he's completely happy checking it down for five yards, and that's why he's so efficient. Seventy eight percent of his passes in this game, which isn't much
1: higher than his uh, overall mark for the season. And with the guys Maryland has on offense, it's exactly what he should be doing. They're they're mostly yards after catch guys, really speedy guys, and that's um, typically the guys that we recruit too. So it, it's a formula for success.
2: I, I tell you one thing at times, man, the receivers for Maryland, when they're open, they are wide open. I, it it yeah. is amazing. You still have to get the ball there. And, and look, he's certainly capable of making some uh, elite throws. But uh, our guys, I mean, it certainly helped. And it certainly helped at times he's got some big windows those guys are wide open i'm thinking boy it'd be nice if uh the ravens had guys that got that wide open at times but the nfl is a different beast i i do have to say though going back and i mentioned that i wasn't thrilled with the defense in the first half though but Dante Trader, that interception should have been upheld. That was a bogus yes. a defenseless receiver on that play. So to be fair, now Michigan State would use that opportunity to go down and miss a field goal, but they should never have gotten that opportunity. Uh that game should have been what twenty-eight to thirteen at halftime. So I will say that, you know, that that play there, I, I forgot to make mention of that initially, but that was uh, those were points on the board they should have had.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um and how about Antoine Littleton? Nineteen carries for 121 yard or 120 yards and a score. Roman Hemby's been kind of struggling the last few weeks after that breakout game in uh, Buffalo against Buffalo.
1: But man, Littleton stepped up in this game. It seems like he's going to be the lead back at least moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it could be either guy on any given week. I mean, I think they're probably just going to ride the hot hand. Uh, you know, I turned the game on on Saturday and was kind of getting some things done around the house and all that. And next thing I know, we're up seven nothing. Antoine Littleton took no time to, uh, you know, take the ball downfield and score. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have when you have two talented backs. It, it seems to be a common problem for Maryland, uh, if you even want to call it a problem. So um, it's nothing that Loxley hasn't had to, to deal with before. And, um, you know, it's a tough position. You want to keep fresh, fresh legs in there and fresh bodies. So I'm all for having two, three, even four guys.
2: Well, and he, he showed speed in addition. He's a power yes, guy. He's, yes. He showed some speed there. And that was, you know, we talked about Penny Boone. I know he's not with the program anymore, but he was supposed to be a power guy in between the tackles. And he showed some unbelievable speed and athleticism on the outside. Well, Littleton showed that as well. But I think Pat's right. I think they're going to go with the hot hand. Uh, the one guy I guess we haven't seen a whole lot is what, Colby McDonald, um, as much as we would have liked. Uh, the one thing about Hamby and I even wrote this down in my notes, though, it was on the Maryland's fourth offensive drive, and, and they were in their own territory. There was a third and two at the Maryland 28. Hemby ran for one yard, and they ended up having a punt. He tiptoed through the hole in that play. And I'm telling you, if he had gone a blaze of fire, he would have been fine. They would have gotten a first down. Now, who knows what would have happened on that drive. I'm not making any you know major outcome decisions or, or, or statements on that. Uh, but that was one play that stood out to me that said, well, I know that Littleton would not have tiptoed through there uh, the way that he had played on Saturday yeah Littleton had a couple you know they went for it on fourth
0: down three times converted two and I believe both of those were runs up the middle and Littleton just kept his legs churning you love to see that if and since he can combine that toughness with the speed I mean the but the bus can motor a little bit The, the bus can hit 80 miles an hour that's pretty wild uh and and it's it's very impressive it's it's a massive weapon, and the fact that he was able to completely reshape his body in the off season, going from about 290 pounds to about 235, 240, uh, big credit to him and big credit to Maryland's strength and conditioning, uh, the entire staff, uh, whatever he's eating, working out, it, it, it's working. And good for him. One thing I did want to note on the wide receivers, Mike, you were mentioning how wide open they get. Credit to Gunter Brewer, first-year wide receivers coach. You know, he's got a lot of talent to work with, obviously, but um, he's done a great job. He's noted as a great technician, uh, able to teach, obviously, some of the best who have ever played the game, including Des Bryant um, and Justin Blackman, who was a uh, monster at Oklahoma State uh, about 10 years ago or so. Uh, so credit to him. Jay Sean Jones has really stepped up this year. We thought Dante Demas would really step up. Um, he's clearly still recovering from that, uh, that knee surgery that he had, but Jay Sean Jones seems like the most reliable target for the Terps, uh, six catches for 60 yards in this game, and really has been able to make a lot of uh, moves after the catch. Clearly he's not bothered by uh, the knee surgery that he had, which was, you know, a little bit less impactful as far as torn ligaments go, but Good to see him step up for sure.
2: Zach, if I will, uh, real quick before we move on to Purdue, I I just had three things from the game here. I'm going through the notes, especially in the second half, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this or not. I I always talk about after a score or the beginning of a half where the other team has the ball first, you know, Maryland was up 24-13 going into – make that 21-13 going into halftime, and Michigan State's first series, Maryland forces them the punt. I thought that was huge there. And then on top of that, Maryland was able to get a field goal to go up by 11. But at Maryland at one point went for it on a fourth and two at the Michigan State 47. Now, they were up 11 at that point, but it was 625 in the third. They converted it. I would not have gone for it there. I didn't think there was a need to. Why give them good field position and give them an opportunity to score a touchdown and pull within four at that point, or even eight if it was just a field goal? So I I kind of questioned that. That was my John Harbaugh question call of the day on, on Mike Loxley. And then – Littleton, four straight runs at the goal line, and they stuff them. You got to go for the field goal, there, guy. I am sorry, you got to go for the field goal. That was, uh, you know, at that you're twenty four to thirteen. Kick the field goal, go up by two touchdowns instead. They give it to Michigan State. Now, yeah, Michigan State had poor field position and they punted, but you don't know that ultimately. We've seen teams that have had bad field position and you know they get out of the they get out of their way and get down the field. So uh, there are a couple of questionable calls there, in my opinion, that um, thankfully didn't come back to room.
0: So I think but on that last why
2: why couldn't Baby Bus get
1: it in on those four attempts? That's what my I was wife. thinking. Well, there's that, that, and the then
0: also back. you saw him get stuffed three times. You gotta go play action. It'll be wide or open, or or, right, or least, wide open, or at
2: least another play yeah. on third or fourth down. Right. Or maybe I do rare third down or something.
0: I rarely have an issue with coaches going for it on fourth down inside the one. But you yeah. gotta you gotta throw the ball if you can't run it, and it's been proven. You gotta throw the ball, or, or, mix it, if to it, or if you're gonna run it, or if you're gonna run it get in the spread and run some sort of RPO but you right. know they knew exactly what you were gonna do they're looking like to we were the seeing
1: run. the same play four times
0: and yeah. you know what it reminds me of I don't know if you guys had flashbacks to that temple game in 2019 uh, when Anthony yeah. McFarland ran it into the middle like four times Yeah, Loxley's got to learn awesome. from this run a play action it will be wide open
2: Well then run a different play in general. Yeah, yeah. I- exactly, Pat. You're right. Or, or we've seen plays in the Ravens I keep referencing the Ravens they've done this and I think Maryland may have done it. You roll to a out or excuse me, to lead out as if he's going to run and then you shovel pass to a tight end yeah. or a, or a back coming up underneath or right. A play action pass or they sell out for the run. Yeah, and by the way, that Temple game, that was the worst non-conference loss, I think, that, that, that he had. But, yeah, I just – there were some calls that, you know, we, we talk about offense, defense, special teams. Well, the coaches get graded, too, and I thought uh, there were some decisions there that had me scratching my head with uh, Coach Locks.
0: Coaches definitely get graded. I will say, Brian Williams, I've been impressed with his second-half adjustments. I feel like it's been a long time since we had a defensive coordinator who was able to make quality de- quality second-half adjustments. He's been great at that. Mike, you mentioned the SMU and Charlotte games as well as this one. Uh, he's had a good plan. Uh, even if the initial plan doesn't work as as well as you would hope, he's been able to uh, uh, change things up at halftime, which is exactly what you want to see.
2: What is evident, though, and you, I think you saw a lot of this in the first half because I wrote this down as well, is that Maryland played a lot of coverage, and so they're dropping seven. They're not getting a pass rush, though, with their four. They're just not. No. Well, a lot of times they're not even rushing for. they They're rushing three. Well, that and that too. But it, when they are rushing four, uh, they're not getting anything from them either with the one extra guy there.
0: Well, that's where losing Chop Robinson to Penn State hurts, oh, really hurts. Uh, it's where Darrell Chami, all those injuries that he's had, he's not the, he's not the guy he was two or three years ago. Um, and they've struggled to find pass rushers. A lot of their pass rushers are bigger interior guys like Masaya Nasili Kite. Um, so, you know, if the coverage is working and, and look, I mean, to this, to this point, it pretty much has, um, but yeah, hopefully they're able to, uh, figure something out. They got a stunt or something's got to happen different. Cause there's going to come a time where you really need to generate a pass rush before the end of the year.
2: Yeah, and by the way, what Sean Robinson had a big game against Auburn for Penn state. And I'm seeing that I'm watching that game. I'm saying, Oh, this, this hurts.
0: He's been good for them. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, good for him. But, man, that does hurt. It hurts for Maryland, and that's the uh, whole – the transfer portal takes away, and it also giveth because we got Chad Ryland. So that's something.
2: (laughs) But as I always say, okay, so if you're a player looking at Maryland and saying, well – I'm gonna to go to Penn State. They're better. Well, the way Maryland gets better is if you, Mr. Four or Five Star, come to play for us and we'll be better, you know. But we need a few of you guys to come and make us better. That's why we're recruiting you. You know, I mean the the idea, you know, if you never come, well then yeah, the program's never gonna take that next step.
0: It's true. So let's talk Purdue. Um, obviously, Maryland playing them at noon this weekend. Uh, I will be there, so I uh, hope to see everybody out there. Um, it's going to be not rainy. It's not going to be warm, but it's not going to be rainy. So enjoy the sun. It's going to come out at some point in the DMV. Uh, but Purdue coming off of a big win on the road over Minnesota, 20-10. Uh, to 10. It was hard fought they didn't necessarily play super well offensively uh but they played really well defensively obviously minnesota without muhammad ibrahim but they but they were ranked 20 yeah minnesota can't win without that guy which uh is not good for them because he's out a lot he gets hurt a lot um but close losses to penn state and syracuse for uh the boilermakers a close win over fau two weeks ago but that was without aiden o'connell he was injured struggled in his return last week uh through two picks they had three turnovers overall but they ran the ball really well and they played really good defense so pat i know you've uh done a little bit of research on purdue um what what can we expect from the boilermakers in this game
1: yeah zach um you know if you look at just the numbers you see a really balanced team um offensively and defensively and you see a team that is you know, at least defensively, they're pretty much equally as good against the run as they are the pass from a yardage standpoint. They have given up a lot of um, touchdowns through the air. Um, <clears throat> but then when you look at their schedule and the teams they've beaten versus the teams they've lost to and the circumstances of their quarterback being out versus, uh, you know, Minnesota's best player being out, um, I really think Maryland is is has played the better, uh, maybe not by a strength of schedule, point of view but i mean from the results they've gotten based off of the opponent i guess i should say um i i think maryland's resume is a little bit more impressive um not that i'm not impressed with purdue they do seem like a very good team i mean they like i said balance is the thing not just in the way that they um you know can stop the run and the pass but the way they can run and throw the ball on offense and that's that's sometimes those are the hardest teams to play teams that keep you guessing. You never know what game plan they're going to, they're going to throw at you. And they certainly have playmakers in uh, Charlie Jones and, um, and a a two headed monster at running back that are able to, you know, keep defenses on their toes. Aiden O'Connell, you know, nothing special, but also has shown that he can get the job done on many occasions and his numbers aren't horrible. So certainly not a guy you want to take lightly. Um, You know, I, I think it's a beatable team, but and I actually haven't checked the line on this game. Maybe I should do that. But uh, Maryland's uh, my, favored by three. I was gonna say my guess was gonna be about a three or four point line. Yeah, so because everything you look at on these paper on paper with these two teams is very even from points per game allowed, points per game scored, yards, all that stuff. So I'm expecting a close game. I think it could really go either way, and it'll probably come down to you know turnovers, like most football games do. Um, but I really like the way that Maryland is playing right now. I really like the confidence that they're playing with. So, um, you know, I wouldn't want to have, um, I wouldn't want to have to play this Purdue team at at a different time. I think we're catching them at the right time. So, um, for whatever that's worth.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of this might hinge on the health of Aiden O'Connell. If he's still as banged up as he seemed to be last week, I assume that's why he played the sort of game that he did. He's
1: typically thought of as one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, and he certainly has had – go ahead, I was just going to say, the running backs also got going pretty early last yes. game, too. They were averaging almost six yards a carry, so that could have been a little bit wide. I mean, they still threw the ball 40 times, and you're right. He did not look good.
0: And two um, picks, no it. touchdowns. Yeah, right, I mean...
1: Under 200 yards.
0: We'll see how he's feeling this week. Um, you know, he's going to be the... Best quarterback that they've faced probably all year. Um, I guess maybe you put Tanner Mordecai up there, those are kind of the two. I that think you Tanner would look Mordecai at. is much better, yeah. yeah. I do personally, but you so know, we'll see. I mean, O'Connell has shown an ability to play at a very, very high level, but then he's also had some games where you go, How is this guy a big 10 quarterback? So we'll see what version of him we get on saturday um i think it's also going to hinge on uh Purdue's defense they've been really good uh especially against the run um so this may be a game where Tagovailoa has got to have a massive game where he throws for almost 400 yards and a few scores because i'm not sure how well maryland's going to be able to run and that may be another thing that it hinges on how well is maryland able to run if they're able to pick up you know 90 to 100 yards on the ground that puts them in a real in really good shape. I feel like against this Purdue defense,
1: yeah, yeah, and that that's the key right there is is to it, or sorry, not to it. It's how he's going to play because yeah. Purdue's got some talented guys in the secondary too, but they are letting up. I guess it's kind of a pass funnel defense, so to speak. So that might be why they've let up. You know, some of the touchdowns that they've let up, but there there are guys out there that can make plays. So to Talia is gonna have to uh, There's been so much Tua in the news these yeah. days I can't keep his name on him um, now Nah, but it, I agree I think, you know, given how good Purdue's Been against the run and, and against good Running teams too um it, It's looking like a game where is gonna Have to put the team on his shoulders
2: Yeah, I was gonna say As you look last week, and, and I've been A big Aiden O'Connell fan, and At his best, I think I've seen him be as good as the SMU Quarterback, so I uh, but he, he, at times, he will have a fall off and such. And, uh, of course, last week, as you talked about, I think injuries played a part. And the fact that Tanner Morgan had three picks, that really stands out on the Minnesota end of things because, yeah. as you talked about, uh, O'Connell had zero touchdowns and two picks, so that that didn't help. Uh, it was still amazing, though. Minnesota has a lot of 6 year players and such, even though Ibrahim was out. Uh, the fact they had Williams to 35 yards at a touchdown for the Purdue defense is pretty amazing but coming into this year they're supposed to have 15 starters back nine on defense just going through the list here and i'm not sure all those guys are playing now um but last week also they had a walk-on uh running back that had a big game and that kid maca had at 112 yards at a touchdown king deru they're starting running back he's been out the last three weeks i'm not sure about his status for this week uh but i, I think this purdue offense at their best uh can put up a lot of points And we'll certainly stress the Maryland defense. If Maryland can play in the secondary the way they did against Michigan, that's certainly going to help. We talked about the lack of pass rush, though, which is unfortunate. But it is a situation where the secondary is going to have to bring their game. But offensively, yeah, I think they're going to have to put up a lot of points. And if you're Maryland, sure, if you can run the football – and keep that offense off the field, I think that's certainly going to be advantageous for you. But of the rest of the games this month, no doubt in my mind, Purdue is going to be the toughest team that you're going to face out of Indiana and Northwestern and Michigan State last week as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I'm shocked that the over-under is only 59 and a half. I mean, that seems crazy low. I would pound the over if anybody's looking to put money on this game. This feels like a
1: game that might turn into a shootout. I was going to mention that, too, Zach, when when we were chatting a second ago. But then I started to think, because you brought up O'Connell's health, I started to think maybe they know he's not maybe. so healthy. Or that's that suggests
2: yeah. that he's not going to be. And and also, you know, this kid, Mockaby, is he going to have another big game as a walk-on running back again? So that probably factors into it.
0: True. Yeah, and, I mean, the both defenses have played well, especially the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're expecting a defensive battle. I don't know. I feel pretty good about Maryland special teams. I I don't really know much about Purdue's special teams, but that feels weird for me to have confidence in the Maryland special teams. Uh, but I have pretty good confidence if the game comes down to that. Um, and I have pretty good confidence that Talia is not going to put the ball in harm's way uh, much at all. I don't think he's going to be the reason that we lose because of some sort of a turnover. So, uh, yeah, they got to play a clean game. Uh, the fact that this is at home gives me a lot more confidence about Maryland's chances. Um, if I had to make a prediction, I would say that, uh, Maryland's defense comes up with a late stop following like a Chad Ryland field goal, something like that. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's hopefully one that's fun to watch for people who are, who don't have a rooting interest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Purdue definitely a pass-first offense. Uh, they've relied on that under Jeff Brom his entire tenure there, and they have a quarterback that can put up those numbers. But then last week they go and run the ball for, for all those yards. So it's hard to know what to expect from Purdue, and I think it's hard to know how good they really are this year because they haven't really put together a, a signature win this year. Uh, you know, their their best win – came last week against a hobbled Minnesota team on the road, which was impressive, but they also turned the ball over three times in the process. So it's hard to know. Uh, so as I mentioned, Maryland favored by three. Pat, I'll get your prediction. Does Maryland cover?
1: Yes. I think they're going to – well, feels almost like a push for me. I'm feel, I, okay. I think it's about time we have a, a Chad Ryland walk-off. <laughs> okay is what I'm thinking.
0: Mike, what are you thinking?
2: Yeah, I mean, Pat, I, it, it's tough to disagree with Pat on that because Ryland has been big. But I'll I'll drink the Kool-Aid a little bit and say that uh, Maryland pulls it out, we'll say, by by five.
0: Okay. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like a one- or two-point victory um, for some reason. I think Chad Ryland kicks a field goal with, like, you know, a minute and a half. And Maryland's defense makes a stop on O'Connell or gets a big turnover or something like that. That that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I do think it's going to be over 59 and a half. Um, I think this is going to be you know kind of a, a similar game to SMU, maybe even a little more high scoring for whatever reason. Weather's going to be good, better than it was last week. Um, you know, I think Talia and the offense are going to have an ability to put up some points. Uh, I know Purdue's defense has been strong, but I, I just think Maryland's offense, obviously the best unit that they have faced to this point all year, even though they faced Penn State, their offense is not as
2: good as Maryland's. Um, well, the, the passing game, mind. I mean, the receivers might not be, but Penn State's got two stud freshman running backs there. So True. that that may even out from the run game perspective. Um yeah, you know, and they should have had that Syracuse win, guys. And that's a good Syracuse team. They blew that with the head coach getting, I think, a, a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, and the tight end did as well. And then to give up the pass play that they did uh, at the end of Syracuse—that was uh, that, that should not have been a loss at the uh, Carrier Dome, uh, but it was. And then they squeaked it out against FAU. Uh, so you're right, but uh, but yeah, that's it's still though. I think that's going to be a good uh, a good Purdue team coming in here yeah, definitely, like you said, the the best uh, best opponent Maryland's gonna
0: have all month. Uh, and it it represents, I'm glad again, it's at home yeah, definitely.
1: yeah,
0: uh, two straight games at home. I think that's big coming off that yeah. Michigan game that probably took a lot out of them physically and emotionally uh, to have two straight games at home. and they should be supremely confident following that game last week. I mean, they played really well, and this is just another opportunity uh to set yourself up for uh running the little bit of a gauntlet that they have in november with i would still throw wisconsin in there we'll see how the next few weeks go and then follow that up with penn state and then ohio state Um, you know that that those are going to be three tough games uh the the two final ones are going to be tougher than the first probably but then you finish off against Rutgers. but this is an opportunity to set yourself up and get to bowl eligibility before you even get to november Uh, And it's something that they should absolutely do because of
2: the way that the schedule is set up. Yeah, I've got a piece I'm just about to submit that talks about that, so I don't want to give too much away. The one thing, though, that stood out last week that was the opposite of what happened against Michigan is no turnovers but nine penalties, guys, where they only had one against Michigan. That's an area, can we get a game where we have no turnovers or one turnover and minimal penalties under four or under five, we'll say? That would be nice, and, and that's, uh, again, I hope that doesn't end up being the difference in this game because it very well could be.
0: One of those should not have been a penalty, though. So we'll we'll say eight. Oh, that's fair.
2: Okay, eight. <laughs> that's still seven more. The than defenseless receiver.
0: Before. I will say, and maybe it was just – that the game seemed to be in hand pretty early. It seemed like the penalties were not as impactful as in other games. That's fair. Um, And I don't know, I can't remember, I can't think back to what type of penalties they were. I don't think there were as many false start offsides, uh, uh, things of that nature. I don't think I saw many penalties that that extended drives for Michigan State. And again, I would have to go back and look. Um, but it didn't seem like it put that the penalties put them in as bad a situations as has been the case in the past.
2: Yeah, I know there was the one P.I. on the flea flicker um, and then the one that got called right on on the uh, whoever the defensive player was on the defenseless receiver, which was bogus. Yeah, I I'm, honestly I can't remember the others. So you're you're right. It wasn't yeah. as impactful. But nonetheless, it's just a habit of them committing the penalties. Yeah, I mean, eight penalties is not good, even if it was
0: eight, uh, would not be good. And it's something that you can't continue to do against the best teams in the conference. And look, Purdue, um, definitely a better team, a bigger test than Michigan State. So uh, oh yeah, they're going to have to play cleaner. Um, the no turnovers is good. But yeah, the, the penalties, and especially the ones that extend drives, because Purdue's got a much more explosive, better offense than Michigan State, and they will take advantage of things like that so it's all things to watch for again noon uh this saturday afternoon uh if you're in the area definitely come out and support the team it seems like they are uh they're very good this year so they deserve everybody's support um we all have articles we will all have articles up at baltimoresportsandlife.com this week uh mike will have his piece that he was just mentioning pat's gonna have something out uh tomorrow and then i will have my game preview out on thursday so check all of those out baltimoresportsandlife.com we'll have the message board going during the game uh not me i will be at the game but somebody will be holding down the fort over there uh, and we'll be on twitter at talking Turps bsl so give us a follow there um until next week for my co-host mike popovic pat donahue i'm zach kiesel rolled